trying to talk to you in high school Couldn't even get a look cause you were too cool But now we're older and we're playing by the new rules We lived and learned Cause it's time Hello again everybody and welcome back to Card Advantage I am Clues, one of your faithful hosts And joining me as always is our other faithful host, your friend and mine, Rich How you doing Rich? Got a new headset Alright It's pretty sweet Awesome, awesome. Now wearing the Kraken. The the Kraken. Oh, okay. That's it's Razor Kraken headset. Ah, it is. I was gonna say that name sounds like it's a Razor product. So. I like Razor products so far. All right, good. Got, got a Razor mouse, new or Razor headset. I like it. Excellent, excellent. I have I have like the cheapest Logitech mouse. It's it's purple because I thought that was cool, and I I don't really have a headset. But I got this awesome mic. I like my mic a lot, but I don't think this is that show. Although I still think that we should eventually do a show about the show to make it as meta as possible. So Break can, all the fourth walls. Yeah, so we can talk about you know how we make the show, how we edit the show. Uh, although if we do that, we'll have to let out some secrets, like we have no idea what we're doing. So let's not tell them that. Yeah, let's keep that part out. Okay, good. We'll we'll keep that. Uh, anyway, this is episode number, I believe, eighty-six. And we are recording here in mid-April of 2015, right after Pro Tour Dragons of Tarkir. So the Pro Tour happened over the weekend in, was that in Brussels? Yes. Yes. And, I mean, I get why we have international tournaments, but uh, I'm not a fan because... Can't, it's not easy for me to watch them live, and I really like watching them live. Yeah, it does make it real tricky for those of us in the U.S. Now, 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 uh, listeners overseas, I understand. We feel your pain. That's cool. Because, I mean, honestly, you guys get, like, maybe one in your region yeah. a year. We get two in the U.S. a year. Yeah, so I guess we can't complain too much. But it did make watching coverage tricky. In fact, I saw almost zero coverage because I spent all weekend over at Atomic Empire in Durham, North Carolina. It's a great shop. You should check it out. Uh, doing SCG States. So we had Standard on Saturday and Modern on Sunday. So I was involved in both of those tournaments. So I mostly was involved with those and not the Pro Tour. But I know the Pro Tour happened. And I might have talked about some of it on some other podcasts this week, and I did read some of the coverage, but I didn't get to watch any of it. So uh, I can't really comment on how it went. But I, I like that YouTube is um, – they're getting a lot better with their YouTube channel of uploading that stuff so you can, like, watch the entire day and things like that. Yeah, I'm told that each day when they finished coverage, when they, like, signed off, they just started the stream over, essentially. So you they've, been, they've been doing watching. that – they do that pretty good with some of them. They, like – if it stops like 10 a.m. our time and like an hour, they'll just restart the stream. Yeah. They kind of try to restart it at a reasonable time, not like as soon as it ends. They kind of, I think they pick like a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can just be like time shifted by X number of hours. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Pro Tour happened and we want to talk a bit about some of the cards in some of these decks in but, this but- top eight. What we don't want to talk about is what everyone else has talked about. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. I, I hope you didn't tune in for that, because that's getting covered to death on other shows, possibly some of them even involving me. And yeah, okay, so stuff happened. Go look it up elsewhere. We are going to focus on the positives. We're going to focus on the good stuff. Well, maybe good stuff, depending on what kind of decks you like, I guess, because some of this stuff in the top eight I like. Some of it, eh, I could take it or leave it. Uh, some of it I could just leave it, but that's okay. But the most important thing is what won, right? Because that's what everybody wants to know. Everybody sitting at home is going, hey, 
what won. Some of us don't want to talk about what won. Yeah, well, let's say that it is your patriotic duty to do so. That the good of the country is served by us talking I'll about. Mo- I'll move to Canada. Actually, I like Canada. Canada is good, a good place. But Martin Dang won it with a red aggro deck. Now, in- interestingly enough, this is not a mono red aggro deck. It is, it is merely primarily red. It's like 90% red. Yeah, there are. There's like five green symbols in the main deck. Yeah, and I was gonna say, and the other color that has come to assist are, uh, our red brethren and sisterin? No, sisterin. No, that's not right either. Our red friends is green, of course. Rich is, no, Rich's least favorite color. It's my nemesis. <laughs> Rich's arch nemesis. Uh, this, but- de- this deck is almost the antithesis of what I like to play about magic. Actually, I think green devotion might be that, but that's a different deck yeah whereas i'm in deep love with this deck so let's let's table the green for a minute we're gonna have that bitter pill to swallow here in a second for you but uh let's talk about the red so uh it starts off as a fairly i'm gonna say fairly typical uh red aggro deck that you see these days so we're running the foundry street denizens for those he's been a red street red deck win staple since ravnica so i mean for ongoing of almost two years yeah, and he is a, a great one-drop. You definitely want this guy around, particularly considering some of the other cards in the deck. Uh, we've got four of the Taylor Swift Sphere, because that's also a fantastic one-drop. Of the, of the what? Uh, Taylor Swift Spear. You know, Monastery oh. Swift Spear. See, it's a Taylor nice. Swift joke. Yeah, you don't play red, so you don't know that we call it that. Uh, but... Yeah, there was, we got together, the red players, and we had a little, a little meeting. We voted on it. It, it passed. Uh, about 98% to 2%. But yes, yeah, so Taylor Swift Spear is in there, which I gotta say is a fantastic card. For a while, it had replaced Goblin Guide for me in my Legacy Burn deck. But in the end, I've, I brought the Goblin Guides back in. I think they're a little bit stronger. I don't know. I might go with a mix of them. I, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I totally get it. He's potential of swinging for two turn two. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh. Or- but he's swinging for one turn one with no them revealing cards and getting them. Yeah, but having 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 a butt of two is actually very useful. Get, just getting a one two for one with haste would probably be good enough to see play, particularly in standard. But yeah. to have that prowess on there, that's even better. But joining them is a new one drop, and that is Zergo Bell Striker. So the other Zergo, the Zergo who is only a two two for a single red. The wuss Zergo. And he cannot block creatures with power two or greater, so I don't know if I'd call him a wuss. We might want to... I hesitate to use this word. I don't use this word lightly, because uh, it carries a lot of negative connotations, but I'm going to call him Zergo the Coward, because he yeah. can't block anybody who's bigger than him, right? because he doesn't want to. He just wants to sit there and ring his bell. Yeah, he, yeah he, you know what? He's He's got a fever, and the only cure is more cowbell. So, oh God! You know, there we go. So now we just need people to get these altar with Will Ferrell's face. Yeah, on. that's right. <laughs> or, uh, 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 what Christopher Walken is is the other guy in that sketch. I think uh, I think what we need I, is Christopher Walken from that sketch behind Zergo Bellstriker. That's what we need altered on this. <laughs> uh, anyway, there are three copies of Zergo Bellstriker because he's a two-two for a single red mana. Yeah, he can't block, but he's also got dash, and I don't think you can discount the dash. Because for one and a red, so for two mana, you get a 2-2 with haste who comes back to your hand. So you've got a reoccurring 2-2 two, two 
who can dodge any sorcery speed removal. And let's face facts, a lot of the removal right now is sorcery speed. Plus, he also helps trigger Foundry Street Denizen. Yes, absolutely. You can just keep bringing him back, pump your Foundry Street. It's A-OK. We also have, uh, also from Dragons of Tarkir, at least I think it is. Yeah, it's from Dragons. Lightning Berserker, just a singleton of Lightning Berserker. Uh, so another 1-1 one, one for 1, who does have dash for a single red, so again, helping out your Foundry Streets. But he also has uh, Fire Breathing. So for a red, give him a plus 1, plus 0 till end of turn. You know, sometimes you just got to eke out a little more damage. I, you, I you can do, see I'm, it. I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this card either, but, I mean, just having one, okay, gives you a little extra. Uh, speaking of one-ofs, there's Frenzied Goblin. You remember Frenzied Goblin? Now, I'm a man who likes goblins, we all know. And Frenzy Goblin, yet another 1-1 one, one for 1. And whenever he attacks, you can pay a red. And if you do, target creature can't block this turn. And with a lot of these, uh, you know, these heroic decks flying around, uh, decks where you're uh, Voltroning a guy, sometimes your opponent only has a couple of blockers. And being able to say, yeah, that guy, that guy right there, can't block. I'm just going to send in my team. That's actually kind of useful. We also have two copies of the Rabble Master, because, hey... It, rebel, know, rebel, 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 rebel. What's, what's better than goblins? More goblins. Uh, I think the answer is less goblins. Uh, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's more goblins. Because if we go to this, the, the sorceries and instants here, look at this. I know, we I have see it. Four copies of Hordling Outburst and four copies of Dragon Fodder. Oh man. So you drop a Foundry Street Denizen turn one. Play Dragon Fodder, turn two. Your Foundry Street Denison is now clocking in for three. Play Hordling Outburst, turn three. And now you got, you know, all these goblins. Oh, it's great. I just absolutely love it. Uh, we also have some removal in the form of Lightning Strike, Stoke the Flames, and Wild Slash. So kind of your, your standard burn package that's going around right now. But then we get to the interesting part. Now we're, we're splashing some green here, and we're splashing some green for two reasons. One, Become immense, or as I like to call it, embiggen. So one copy of embiggen is in here, because, you know, sometimes plus six plus six is all you need to finish out the game. And uh, you can delve for that baby, and since you're going to be dropping your dragon fodders, your hordling outbursts, uh, you're going to be casting your burn, you'll have plenty of stuff in the graveyard to fuel this puppy. But you're still going to need that one green mana to make it happen. But more importantly, and uh, I believe that uh, uh, Martin Dang himself said that possibly the best card in his entire deck is Atarka's Command. And so Atarka's Command, part of the new command cycle from Dragons of Tarkir. Uh, so these are the modal spells uh, that cost two. You get to pick two things. So for a red and a green, you get two of the following four things. And I'll I'll let you try and guess, Rich, which ones you think were probably most relevant this weekend. Uh, your opponents can't gain life this turn. Atarka's Command deals three damage to each opponent. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain reach until end of turn. I would assume one and four were the most used. Yeah, I think one and four, possibly one and two, right? So if an opponent goes to drop, uh, uh, what's his name? Siege Rhino. You can go, oh, hey, while well, Siege Rhino's on the stack, Let's just uh, choose one and two. So now you take three and don't gain any life. And I take three because that thing came in, but that's fine. We both got lightning bolted to the face. I'm okay with that. Uh, or 
with uh Soren, you know, with the 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 Soren yeah. creature's lifelink. You know, there are lots of great shenanigans with that that mode one. Uh, but you're you're absolutely right though. If you're if you're pumping out all these little creatures, getting that that fourth mode there, that plus one plus one till end of turn. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, I know this isn't as big for like a deck like this, but being able to put a land from your hand at an instant speed is pretty sick. It is. It is. I I like Atarka's command a lot. I'll be honest. I kind of like Atarka. I mean, if you if you look at Atarka, he's we're not, we're not talking about those kind of douchebags. Okay, but still. We're not talking about those kinds of douchebags. I'm just saying I'm buying what Atarka's selling. That's what I'm saying. Well, I'm saying it's something that I actually appreciate, not myself as a player because I hate this card, but appreciate the strategy of putting it from his sideboard is Eidolon of the Great Revel. That oh, yes. I like. Yes, a four of those in the sideboard. So depending on what you're coming up against, yeah, Eidolon could be nice. Now, if you think about it, Eidolon is going to hurt the crap out of you if you're playing this deck because you've got, you know, all that stuff that costs one, two, and three. In fact, what's the most expensive thing in the main board? Uh, become immense is the most, uh, there's just the one copy. Everything else is three or less, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, stoke the flames is four. So everything else is four or less. Uh, so yeah, but you know, if all you gotta do is force your opponent to take the shock to the face to try and take out your, uh, your idol on, then you can unload with all of your stuff. So yeah, I'm cool with it. Uh, but I also like the hall of triumph here. Let's talk about a cooler deck. <laughs> okay, so that that was the winning deck. We may not go quite as deep on all of these decks, but uh, you know, I think this is a very nice evolution of the red aggro deck that we've seen. So bring in a little bit of green, and for your troubles, you get access to a couple of really really great spells. Okay, so I'm betting this... you would much rather talk about maybe the second place deck. I do want to talk about the second place deck from Shota right. Yasuoka. Tell us about. With... Was actually one of my favorite Japanese players. Why won't you load that deck? Because <laughs> you want to see it. That's why. There we go. This is. Is anyone we guess? It's a control deck. It's blue black control. There's a There's like three or four of them in the top eight. There which are is, far too many. There's at but least. They, three but they are quite different. They are quite different. Let's be fair. They are different. Uh, but this one. Um, runs an Ugin, which eh, I'm not, I'm not super high on, but I get why oh, he's good. Okay, I was gonna say, why don't you like Ugin? We've had this conversation a bunch of times. I think he's too good for his for what he is. He's yeah, but he's that's too he's too easy to ca- cast. Yes, I know he's eight mana, but still, he's too easy to cast, and he does too many good things for as easy to cast as he is. Okay, so let me get this straight. You don't like Ugin because Ugin gives you more bang for your buck than is reasonable. And yet, you're okay with playing all of these broken blue cards all the time. Which broken blue cards do I play with? All of them? They're not all broken. So, <clears throat> we've had this discussion. I'm just not a huge... I'm not super high on Ugin. I, I acknowledge that he's very good. Okay. There's no denying that. I'm not saying he's not a good card. He's just... I, he, I don't care for him. Fair enough. But he does run stuff that I do like. Like... So- Silumgar. Uh, ooh, which one? Both. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, and Icefall Regent. I'm not 100% familiar with Icefall Regent. Yeah, you know, Icefall Regent is a card that, uh, you know, I, I hadn't seen it make a splash yet, and I'm not really sure why. Why don't, why don't you tell the folks at home what Icefall Regent does? He's three blue blue for a 4-3 flying dragon. 
When Icefall region enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during its controls. Untaps up as long as you control Icefall region. Spell. He is like a kind of like a frost titan. The spells yeah. opponents cat cost two more to target him. Yeah. So here he is. I'm gonna tap that thing right there, and it doesn't untap until I you manage to kill this thing. And if you want to kill it, there's a tax. It's really good. Yeah, he is really good. And he's I'm... running both Silmgars, so he's running a total of six dragons, which I know he's never gonna attack with the six. But he, I mean, but that that minus minus is getting bigger. Yeah. Then he's running. He's also one of my favorite black cards. But this is actually Fate's Reforge Nut Dragons, which is Crux of Fate. Mm-hmm. I think Crux of Fate's an awesome card. That's the board wipe that either destroys all dragons or destroys all non-dragon creatures. Yeah. So, given this deck, how it operates, it's probably unless it's in a mirror match, destroying all non-dragons. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's really cool. Uh, it's typical, you know. Bilobite, dig through time, Jace's ingenuities, you know, it's it's stuff. Yeah. Murderous cut, which uh, I, I love that card because it's near to be able to use that delve so much. Oh, actually, I'm not Silimgar Scorn. I'm not super familiar with. So an additional cost is Silimgar Scorn. You may reveal a dragon card from your hand. Counter target spell unless its controller plays one. If you reveal the dragon card, um, or a control the dragon. Or controlled a dragon, you may cast similar score and counter the spell instead. And that's for a blue blue. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's essentially counter spell as long as you've got a dragon card lying around. Right? Like honest to god, straight up blue blue counter target spell. And it just sits in your and all you have to do is hold like a dragon card in your hand and you have a wow. Yeah, and with all the draw effects that this thing has, you know, with the dig through times and the Jace's ingenuities, chances are yeah, you can go ahead and just do that. And that's, and let's, let's not forget the thought sees. Yeah, the thought sees, absolutely. Uh, and also, uh, you may be thinking, oh, with six creature cards, this deck's gonna take absolutely forever to, to kill anybody. Uh, he does have a copy of Haven of the Spirit Dragon, which has, you know, the go find a dragon ability on it. And it can return Ugin. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of good dragony synergy going on in this deck. So, uh, his creatures are value add. Uh, he's got removal. He's got card draw. Uh, he's got, uh, some discard. So, yeah, it's, it's very controlly, very dragony. I like the Bylon Blades. Uh, I, I like the Stratus Dancer. Yeah, out of, out of the sideboard there? Yeah. That's, I don't, I think that's cool. The Megamorph creature that becomes a 2-3 fifth flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And hey, if you really want to draw cards, have you seen Dragon Lord's Prerogative? I don't think this is a card that we ever discussed on this show. Four blue blue for an instant. As an additional cast to Dragon's Prerogative, you may reveal a dragon card from your hand. I sense a theme. Yeah. If you reveal a dragon card from your hand or control a dragon as you cast Dragon's Prerogative, Dragon Lord's Prerogative can't be countered. Draw four cards. Draw four cards. You are paying six mana, but you're drawing... An additional card for additional mana, I guess, out of Jace's Ingenuity. Yeah. Both instant. Yeah. Uh, there's also some duresses in the sideboard for some more discards, so, uh, you know, if you can't, if you can't make them discard it, counter it. If you can't counter it, kill it. I guess. Yeah, I, li- I, I, I like this deck. I, I really do. Um, the Icefall regions, those cards gotta be just doing work. Yeah. Let's see what else. We have, 
All right. Blue bags, controls. There's a couple that aren't running creatures at all, which is kind of cool. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, we'll come to those in a second. We, we kind of have to cross the bridge of the third deck. And you can... Green devotion. Yeah, I was gonna say, you can just, you know, uh, hum, hum happy tunes to yourself as, as we talk about this. So in third place... <sighs> I'm just looking through its list and, oh. Uh, so Andrej Strosky, Strosky, uh, he's got a green devotion deck here. Uh, he's running a Tarka too, like a bastard. Yeah, so it, it is splashing some red. Uh, the red that it's splashing isn't for a lot. Uh, the red that it's splashing, I think, is, is it just for Dragonlord Atarka? Um, from what I can see, uh, yes. Unwritten. Yeah, looks like looks like it is. Oh, and Xenagos out of the side. Okay, yeah. So uh, we have kind of all of your your standard greatest hits from Green Devotion that we've seen uh, lately. So we've got Sylvan Karyatids, we've got Corsair of Crufex, uh, we've got Whis- Whisperwood Elemental. Uh, Boon Seder, uh, who I think is a little bit underrated as far as cards go. Uh, Rattleclaw Mystics, you've got some mana acceleration there. Uh, the new Surak, Surak the Hunt Caller. So, uh, he can make things nice and hasty since you've got all this power laying around. Uh, Elvish Mystics, uh, Pelucranos, cause, you know, why not? Then the Dragon Lord, Atarka for a little spice. Now, uh, the only instance and in sorceries in the main deck see the unwritten. Which, see the unwritten, that card's probably not fair in most of the formats it's gonna get played. I'm kinda looking at you, Commander. Uh, so four green green for a sorcery. Reveal the top eight cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield, put the rest in your graveyard. But if you have ferocious, so if you control a creature with power four or greater, you may put two creature cards onto the battlefield instead of one. Yeah, that's, that's probably not fair. But eh, it is what it is. Uh the rest of it's all lands, right? Hopefully, so it's, hopefully you hit double Quilocrinos. So thirty two creatures in the main deck. Now don't get me wrong, they're all pretty good creatures. Uh and we're running Nykthos, so chances are with all oh. these creatures, a lot of whom have uh double green in the mana cost, you're totally ramping up that uh uh devotion. So all good stuff. If you're into green, which I know you're not rich. Uh, and then in the sideboard, we've got Nissa, World Waker, we've got Arbor Colossus, Senegos the Reveler, uh, a Singleton Voyaging Satyr, which I would have actually expected at least one of those in the main deck, but maybe there's just no room for it. And Nylea's Disciple, which, have we seen much of Nylea's Disciple? I don't think we have, at least not lately, but it's the 3-3 three, three for 4 that when it enters the battlefield, you gain life equal to your devotion to green. So... Uh, plenty of ways to, uh, get yourself life as time goes on. So that's the, that's the green deck, and that's all we're gonna say about that, because otherwise, uh, I'll have to edit out a bunch of swear words from Rich. So, uh, let's just cleanse the palate, take a deep there, breath. And, there was an Absay control deck. Oh, I, I thought you'd wanna go straight to Adrian Sullivan next. No. No? That one, I mean, that one, it's a, it's a basic blue-black, except it runs Ashok and no creatures. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's creatureless. And I think it is interesting to note, this is Adrian Sullivan's first Pro Tour Top 8. Good, congrats to him. So, congrats to him. Uh, so nice work. I Although, like his list, but I mean, it's, essentially, it's very stock from Shota's, except that he doesn't run creatures. Mm-hmm. And he runs Ashok, which I love. I love Ashok, so, um, but I, as much as I like creatureless decks, they still worry me. At least where I play Magic, because there's generally a lot of creature decks there. Yeah. 
Uh, although he does have uh, Ether Spouts in the main deck, which is always a great card. Which <laughs> that's that card. Oh, that card. Totally a thing. Uh, okay, so hey, you wanted to look at uh, the Abzan control. You want to skip yeah. that sixth place? I like this deck. Okay, so tell us all about it. It runs Elspeth, always a good sign. Right. It's got Liliana Vess, also a good sign. Yep. It's got Ugin. because hey, why not? In control decks, he's too good not to run. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's another thing is all of the control decks can run him. That's just another thing that bothers me about him. Like, there's no niche for him. It's just any deck that wants to run him can. Right. Um, then there's courses of crew fixes, which I acknowledge are good cards. I know they're green, but I whatever. As, as a judge, I can't wait for them to rotate. Quite frankly, because oh, so the... many people forget to stop revealing cards after he's dead. It's it's very annoying. Oh, I suppose. Um, then we got the siege rhino, who's just an awesome card. Yeah, siege rhino is kind of good. Kind of good. I mean, he runs Tassiger, and I like Tassiger. I think Tassiger's cool. Yeah, Tassiger is actually a much better card than I gave him credit for when I first read it. Um, I've seen some dumb, dumb things happen with Tassiger. I mean, if nothing else, oftentimes Tassiger is a 4-5 for a single black because of the delve. And just that alone is sometimes what you need, right? So let's just reread Tassiger for people who might not remember. Sure. He is 5 and a black for a legendary creature, human shaman, for a 4-5. He has delve, and then he has an ability... Which is two um, green blue hybrid two and then two green blue hybrids. So total so two, of four mana. Yep, two simic simic. Put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a non land card of an opponent's choice from your graveyard to your hand. And let me tell you, I bet you that there's no good choices. Yeah, I was gonna say at first that sounds like a pretty weak ability until you realize you just delved, so you got rid of all the things you didn't want already. So chances are your graveyard just has good stuff. And let me tell you a story about Tassiger from this past weekend. Uh, somebody was playing it in uh, in standard, and uh, I was watching his match, and I think he was playing against a heroic deck, and he had out his Tassiger. And he activates Tassiger, and at the time, in his graveyard are two removal spells. And he flips third removal spell, fourth removal spell. And it's like, well, gotta choose one of these. What's it gonna be? And so, yeah. They get, the thing is that like, you could do this at end of turn, and then you have a, it's just, it's really, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, and then there's end hostilities. I love the end hostilities. Mm-hmm. This is destroy all creatures and all permanents attached to creatures. So that gets rid of enchantments, that gets rid of equipment, that gets, gets, it's all gone. Yep. It's just a nice, good blurred wipe. Thought seize, which is black. You need thought seize. Right. Absent charge, bile and blight. And I think bile and blight, or bile blight is such an underrated card. It's so good. It is. It is. Although, uh, there are two rules things I want to talk about, uh, real quick here. Alright, well, One, let me read bile and blight first. Sure. So if people might not remember, this is from Born of the Gods. Um, it's black, black for an instant target creature and all other creatures with the same name as that creature get minus three, minus three until end of turn. Yeah. And it's that, it's that rule. It's that, you know, card right there that, uh, brings up the rules question that comes up fairly often. Is it with tokens? It's with tokens and with morph and manifest. So tokens, let's say, uh, you're playing against me and I have used, uh, uh, Hordling Outburst to put three 1-1 one, one Goblin creature tokens onto the battlefield. Those tokens' name is Goblin, because unless the card specifies what a token's name is, the token's name is the thing that it is. Okay. And it doesn't matter 
if you got the goblins from Rabble Master or if you got the goblins from um, uh, Dragon Fodder. Yeah, any of it's those that just say goblin. put a 1-1 one, one goblin creature token onto the battlefield, they're all named goblins. All right. so they're... Here's, a, here's a question. Yeah. Now, let's say you got, like, back in Innistrad, you had Huntmaster who put out 2-2 two, two wolves. Yes. Then you had Garrick who put out 1-1 one, one death touch wolves. Are they both wolf? They're both so, wolf, yeah. So you, if you named wolf, you get rid of the 2-2s two, and the 1-1s. One, uh, yes, as far as I know. As, as long as they don't have different names... Because I'm, I'm pretty sure the token both they both just say wolf. Yeah, I, I'm or like, pretty sure on both of those cards they just say wolf. Or like the two different Sorns both give you vampire tokens, but they operate differently. Yes, but they're just named vampire. Yep, so I just, I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, but the one that comes up is, hey, Judge, uh, my opponent's got out all these manifest creatures from uh, his, his Woodfall Elemental or Wood something Elemental, th- th- that guy. If I target one, do they all go away? And the answer is no. They do not share a name because none of them have names. So it's subtly different. Having no name and someone else having no name doesn't mean that you share a name. It means that you both individually don't have a name. So that doesn't work. Uh, Same thing with Morph. So Morph and Manifest guys, no names. Uh, But the other one that comes up is what happens with Courser when you're scrying? So if you have an effect that lets you scry multiple cards, uh, you don't have to reveal them while you're scrying because they're all still on top of your library as far as the game is concerned, and it's when you finish the scry, whatever's left on top gets revealed. Okay. With Courser. So those were the two things. Both of those came up this weekend, which is why I mentioned them. Okay, but otherwise you put... The, outside of that, I mean, the instance of sorcery is removal that deck. I mean... Yeah. Besides Abzan Charm, I mean, that's just... Charms are solid. Right. And even that one's just a lot of um, removal. And card draw. I forgot Abzan draws cards. Yep. Those tricksy Abzan. They got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I like the, I really like this deck. Even mm-hmm. though it's got the green and but overall I like the deck a lot. Yeah. So I'd like to jump back one. Two. Uh, I would like to jump back to the, the one that is labeled Red Green Dragons. It's Jason Chung's deck. Okay. Okay, so uh, here we have a deck that at first it looks like you just took the Green Devotion deck and the Red Aggro deck and you shuffled them. Because mm-hmm. we've got Boon Satyrs and Elvish Mystics, and then we got Goblin Rabble Masters, and we got Rattleclaw Mystics. Uh, but then we start to have some weird stuff. So Air of the Wilds. Remember Air of the Wilds? No. Yeah, see? He's he's a 2-2 with Death Touch, so he costs 1 and a green for a 2-2 with Death Touch, and he has Ferocious. Whenever Air of the Wilds attacks, if you control a creature with power 4 or greater, he gets plus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. So, oftentimes he is a 3-3 rather than a 2-2 with Death Touch, and that's pretty good in a format with uh, uh, Morph and Manifest. He's going to win a lot of the time. Uh, but you also have Stormbreath Dragon. Eh? Everybody loves a Stormbreath Dragon. Almost I know I do. Storm, almost forgot about Stormbreath. Yep, he is still with us. He's from Theros Block, of course. And that flying haste and protection from white, actually kind of important sometimes. But it's also got Thunderbreak Regent. That card's mean. Yeah, Thunderbreak Regent. Oh, man, do I like this dragon. Uh, so a 4-4 four, four for two red-red, so four mana for a 4-4 four, four flying dragon. Whenever That's a, solid right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, right there. A 4-4 four, four flying dragon for four? Yeah, perfectly good card, but it's a rare. Why would a rare? That's, that's amazing. Well, because 
Whenever a dragon you control becomes the target of a spell or ability, either one, an opponent controls, Thunderbreak Regent deals three damage to that player. That's right. Lightning bolts for everybody. I don't like it. Oh, I like this card a lot. Now, it that's that's it, dragon-wise, right? I actually expected a Dragonlord Atarka in here, because Dragonlord Atarka is actually kind of dumb, quite frankly. All right, let, let's talk about the real thing. Let's talk about the real part about this deck that's interesting. Sure. Runs three Hornet Nests in the sideboard. Yeah, well, Hornet Nests are pretty good sometimes. That car, I love that card. That card's awesome, I think. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, if your opponent has something big, man, that hornet nest, just stick it in front of it. Like yeah, s- Siege Rhino swinging in, have a hornet oh, nest. Oh, that's foul. <laughs> it's just filthy, quite frankly. Uh, I also like the Draconic Roar, uh, which is a card that saw play almost immediately after uh, uh, Dragons released. Uh, so for one and a red, you get an instant. As an additional cost, you may reveal a dragon from your hand. It deals three damage to target creature, and if you reveal the dragon card or control the dragon as you cast it, it deals three damage to that creature's controller. So it's kind of like, do you remember Searing Blaze from yeah. back in the, the World Wake days? It's kind of like Searing Blaze, and I like that a lot. You're kind of like Searing Blaze. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I admit it. Uh, but yeah, I like this deck a lot. Uh, the Hornet Nests out of the board are very nice. Uh, Destructive Revelry out of the board as well, and a Xenagos in there. Yeah, all, all good stuff. Um, Plummet, which I actually forgot Plummet was even in the format. I decided to. But yeah, there's a lot of dragons flying around, so you may as well plummet them. That's true. I mean, that's a quick and easy way of getting rid of them. Yeah. Um, there was another... Um, blue black control deck outside of Adrian's and Shota's, but it's it's more Esper because it's very similar to Shota's, except it also runs Ojutai. Right, and I think which, is, is that the only Espery piece that's in it? Is that the only white? Um, let me v- just v- verify real quick here. I think that's the only piece of white. Um, Let's check the board real quick. Yeah, I believe that is in fact the only white in the deck. Is just Dragonlord Ojutai. Yep, nothing else on the sideboard either. He runs Perilous Vault on the sideboard. Interesting, because I know um, Adrian Sullivan's deck was running that main board. Mm-hmm. But he he runs Dragon's Provocative main board though. It's very similar. Um, it's very similar to Shota's, except he has two Ojutai, so he has two additional dragons. Oh, and he runs one less Icefall Regent and one more Drifting Death. Now, a strange choice in the sideboard is the uh, Jorubai Merc Lurker. Uh, it's interesting, but I, th- I, I th- honestly think it's because that's a pretty solid drop against a lot of aggro decks. Mm-hmm. To have what is probably going to be a 2-4? Yeah, and it's going to gain lifelink. Yeah. Drown in Sorrow, always a good card. More Stratus Dancer, except one. I don't get the one. Yeah, you know. Sometimes you need a morph. I I don't know. Just I know. Just one seems very odd to me. Yeah, you know this. this we haven't we been threatening to do a show about sideboards. We've talked about it, but we wanted to get a uh, more of a 
pro who builds them to understand some of the yeah, someone who's who's better at it than us because I'll be honest like the minimum number for a card to go into my sideboard is generally two yeah me too I, I rarely run one of because I really figure if it's a thing that I need I probably need it so maybe I should put two of them in there oh and I should clarify it's Dragon Lord Ojutai. Uh, yeah. Not, not the second one. It's the, th- it's the second one, not the first one. Right, yeah. So just, it's, it's I the, thought, it's the elder one. It's the one that's a boss. Yeah. Cause he's got hexproof as long as he's untapped. Yeah, he shouldn't have hexproof. Oh, and can I say, um, I don't think that it's in this deck. Yeah, th- this deck doesn't have it, but Jeskai Ascendancy is just a dumb card. That card does way too much. Sure. Anyway, I guess I won't rant about that, but. Oh, uh, Clues, where was the link you said you sent me? I in the show notes and I don't see it. Uh, if you look at the top of the show notes, are you in the show notes? You yeah. Don't, yeah, there you go. Uh, no, I don't actually see you in the show notes. Huh. Ar- I'm in the, ar- maybe because I'm in the archive? Yeah, I'm uh, in the archive. Yeah, in the archive. Okay, yeah, go, go to the, go to the actual show notes and at the I top. Do the, yeah. I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah, I, I ended up in the future show topics show notes earlier, which I didn't, I didn't mean to, but, uh, so, so there were essentially your top eight decks. So, uh, just to, to quick recap, we had, uh, one red aggro, uh, one, two, three blue black, uh, control, two green devotion, an Abzan control, and a red green dragons. So, uh, you know, actually relatively diverse, I guess. There's four control decks and four, or, but two aggro, or actually one aggro, two kind of, three kind of mid-rangey decks. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's, I, th- I think it's pretty, pretty okay metagame that we had coming out of this. Um, I know that I saw a fairly diverse metagame at my events over the weekend. Um, Abzan still is very strong, but again, and this is something that I've, I've mentioned a number of times, a lot of things are just lumped together as Abzan, but you can make very different Abzan decks, if that makes sense. You can have an Abzan control, you can have a more aggressive Abzan. Uh, most Abzan is more mid-rangey, but, uh, you know, it, still. I, I really want to make standard what kind of white weedy deck with the new Sorin and the new Anafenza. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounds awesome to me, because that bolster the lowest creature that's Every time a, a creature enters a battlefield, non-token creature enters a battlefield, that's just dumb. Yeah. So one of the things we thought we would do here uh, in the, the back half of the show is a card that was very, very important to the winning deck was a Tarkas Command. And, you know, we, we already talked about a Tarkas Command a little bit, but all of the command spells are pretty darn good. So let's 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 look at some of the other ones. Uh, having having more than one choosing two is fantastic. I'll take Odutai's command. No, I'm surprised. I'm shocked. Shocked. It's two white blue, and you choose two. Return target creature guard with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's pretty good, right? Um, you gain four life. Okay, that's okay, I guess. Counter target creature spell. Yep. It's nice, but it's niche. And then draw a card, which is awesome. Because it's going to be like Cryptic Command. You're just always going to add draw a card to most of the boats. Right. Now, this I'm glad that you led with this one as we go into this discussion, because this is the only one where uh, you're going... You can end up with the spell being countered and you not doing the thing that it wants to. 
right? Uh, so it has a mode that doesn't target. All of the others, I'm pretty sure all of the modes target. But Ojutai's command has that draw a card at the end there. Mm-hmm. And so if you cast a spell that has targets, it has to have legal targets for all instances of the word target when you cast it. And when it goes to resolve, at least one target must still be valid or it does nothing. So if uh, you say counter, t- oh, well, I think the easiest one is probably return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you target a card in your graveyard and you say draw a card and then your opponent somehow nukes your graveyard. I don't think you can do that right now in standard, so it's very unlikely to occur. Uh, you're not going to draw your card because there was n- the, the target was gone. So it's it's weird and it's subtle and it's probably not going to come up, but I think Ojutai's command is the only one that doesn't do this or that does this, okay. where you can run into problems. But still, all of these modes, okay, uh, reanimate a thing, uh, gain some life, a pretty substantial chunk of life uh, in this format, uh, counter their creature spell, draw a card. So I guess maybe live in the dream might be you cast creature and I go, no, I'm going to get my creature back. Yep. But it is converted mana class two or less. Yeah, but still. It's not terrible. No. Get your Autofenza back. Free creature. Alright, so I'm gonna hop to, uh, I guess I'll, I guess I'll hop to Dromoka's command. Okay. Uh, cause why not? So for a green and a white, just two mana, choose two. Prevent all damage target instant or sorcery spell would deal this turn. Pretty good with all the burn flying around. Target player sacrifices an enchantment. Eh, pretty good with all the enchantments flying around, which, by the way, didn't see any outpost sieges in the top eight, did we? Mm, that's kind of sad. I like the outpost siege. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature, and target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. I like that part. So, yeah, I suspect that uh two and, I'm sorry, three and four are probably the most likely to happen. And since you do these things in order, in the order they're written in the list, you'll put the counter on, then you'll fight. Yeah. And for two mana, that's pretty good. Yeah. Then we got Silumgur's command, the most expensive command. It is three blue-black for an instant, and you choose to counter target non-creature spell, return target permanent to its owner's hand, um, target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn, destroy target planeswalker. Hmm. It's interesting. It's just most of it's... What I don't, what I have a harder time understanding is, is the most expensive, but it seems to have the most restrictions. It is kind of narrow. You can only counter non-creature spells, not just any spell. Uh, returning target permanent, that includes lands, that includes planeswalkers, that part's not super narrow. Uh, target creature gets minus three, minus three, that's pretty good removal in this format. Yeah. But then destroy target planeswalker. That's- it's- Pretty good effect. It just doesn't always feel like you have, like Ojutai's command, you can always do one and draw a card. Mm-hmm. Um, a Tarka's command, you know, you can always do the burn. Right. Um, cause you can always prevent damage, I guess. I mean, I guess that one you don't always gain a benefit. But this one, you're not always gaining a benefit. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is one, like, you... I think this one gets more countered if you get rid of a tar- two target. Like you might not always have two valid targets. Yeah, but as long as you have one, it will do as much as it can, 
Right. So let's say let's say I uh, I try and destroy target planeswalker and return target permanent to its owner's hand. So I choose your creature and your planeswalker, and I'm going to return the creature to your hand, and I'm going to destroy the planeswalker. And you go, aha! I will bolt my own creature, so it's no longer a valid target because it's dead. And I'll go, that's okay because this spell still has a target and will do as much as it can. So it will okay. it will destroy your planeswalker. Okay, I guess it just doesn't always have that, that nice bonus effect that you'd always add on. Yeah, but I mean, you know, worst case scenario, just return a land to their hand, right? So let's say- true. You're right, you're right, that's true. You can always bounce a land. Yeah, so let's say your opponent taps out to drop a planeswalker. I'm just so not used to seeing bounce target permanent. Yeah, it's- It's, it's normally non-land effect. permanent. It's, it's normally, it's not as blocked, but that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you can essentially time walk your opponent, right? So they, they throw down a, a planeswalker and you return it to their hand and, uh, re- no, you destroy it and return a land to their hand. Yeah, that's, that's such a huge setback. Yeah, so I think they had to cost it this high. You're right, you're right, because I think the blowout potential is so much bigger for that card than any of the other ones. Yeah. Okay, and we already talked about Atarka's command, but we do have Kolagon's command to talk about. Yep. So this is the Rakdos one. For one, a black and a red. Choose two. Return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So get a thing back. Target player discards a card. That's a I like good. it. Destroy target artifact. Very so red. Some things need to go. Uh, although there aren't a ton of artifacts being played right now, but still, it's a very nice red effect. Uh, Kolagon's command deals two damage to target creature or player, so it's a shock. So you've got a shock plus a, uh, a shatter, or you've got a, uh, uh, boy, what is just discards a card? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have a good one for that. Uh, and you can get stuff back. I, you know, these are all nice, nice. I will say, this is a very rare instance of discard being at instant speed. Yes. Yes, it is. I suppose do it during upkeep, make them discard before they draw. Or, or doing it like if they're gonna draw, if they're gonna do something that, yeah, does something. You could make them discard in response to something to kind of make their life a little bit difficult. Yeah. So those are the new commands. Um, I very much like, you know. Oh, something- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. How, how does this interact? Let's say you have a card like, we'll say, faithless looting. Okay. Um, and your opponent has, I guess I don't want faithless looting doesn't work. Yeah, is faithless looting draw two discard. Two, yeah. Two, yeah. What happens if there's a card that makes you draw and discard, and you know, but you don't have cards enough cards in hand to discard the right amount? Uh, you'll discard as many as you can. If okay. if you don't have that many, you'll discard your entire hand. Okay. All right. But still, let's let's say they've got one card in hand and they cast Faithless Looting. Yeah, this card's mean then. Yeah, and then you just go, okay, uh, here, uh, shock and discard your card. And now your faithless looting resolves, so just put those in your graveyard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I understand why they don't do discard at instant speed very often, but I do like that they, there is one that's at instant speed. Yeah. So yeah, so like I said, these are the commands. I like the commands a lot. You know, the best thing about the commands is they are what essentially six cards in one, right? If you look at the number of permutations. Yeah. You've got three, four, five, six. Yeah, six different combinations with these four things because you're always choosing two. Uh, so they're, they're like, they're not quite, they're kind of like a Swiss army knife, right? You've got all this stuff that it can do, and chances are one of those is useful. If you're lucky, both of those are useful. So, uh, I, I like them a lot. They're fun. I think they're good. 
Uh, and I very much like the new templating that we see on these. So the bulleted. Yeah. So that's something that they changed with the charms in Cons of Tarkir, I believe, is the first time we saw this. Sometime yeah, right around then is, is when we first saw it. I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's Cons of Tarkir are the first ones to do it. And so it's just choose one or choose two or whatever it is, and then it's just a bulleted list. Here are the things. Do these things. And believe it or not, any old cards that had these, you know, choose the number of effects, they, they got their templating updated, and if you look in Gatherer, they're changed. And in fact, I would like to take us on a brief trip down memory lane. And let's talk about some other commands from the oh, past. You want to talk about all the old good commands? Okay, cryptic I, command. Yeah, Done. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, for those who uh, haven't been playing back quite that far, back in Lorwyn Block, there was a set of five commands. Uh, the one you've heard of is cryptic command, because it is far and away the best of the commands. Uh, but let's just take a quick... Far, far and away. Let's take a quick glance at them. Uh, let's, let's just talk, let's get the elephant into the room. Let's talk about Cryptic Command. Rich, tell this us about it. One, three blue, three blue. So it is not easy to cast. This is a very blue spell. Um, it's choose two, counter target spell. Return target permanent to its owner's hand. Well, this one also you do land. Retap all creatures your opponents control. Draw a card. Yeah, and this you is. You want to know the most common mode? Counter target spell, draw a card. Yep. And this is the one that, uh, definitely sees the most play. It is a staple in any control deck in modern. Absolutely true. And this is one where that little clause comes up quite a bit about, uh, you know, so like return target permanent or, uh, counter target spell. What happens if that isn't a valid target anymore? Do I still draw my card? And the answer is no. So be careful with that. But cryptic command, before we wander off of cryptic command, I just want to say cryptic command is, uh, it's one of the more complicated spells that sees a lot of play in modern just because it's, you know, modal and it's got that kind of weird interaction that it does there. They actually made a textless version of this card. It is a text back back when they had the player awards. Do you remember player awards? I, Not really. They were gone before I started playing. Oh, uh, I think I got one player awards mailing before they killed the program, and I was so sad when they killed the program. But uh, it used to be, for those who don't remember this. Uh, it used to be that as you played Magic, they kept track of your DCI number because you were playing all these events. And once you played a certain number of events, they would send you a card in the mail. And uh, I, I did get one player rewards mailing. But uh, Cryptic Command, they made a textless player rewards version of it. So there's one that is just a giant full art Cryptic Command with no text, just says Cryptic Command. And then you have to explain to your opponent. Yeah, it does four things. I get to choose two of them. These are the two that I'm choosing. And they just go judge. And a judge comes over and shows them the oracle text. And we move on with life. Uh, but of course, these were printed in the era where the printing on them is not in the bulleted list format. No, it's, it's not, not very nice to read. Yeah, it's just a, a sentence. You know, it's just choose to list them all. I will say cryptic command and austere command are the easiest to read. The other ones are a mess. Yeah. But... Um, Okay, so but for modal spells, when it's copied, the copy is the modes are all stayed the same, right? Right. The original spell. That is correct. If you copy a modal spell, you copy the modes. Because we had a friend in the commander game who played Hive Mind. Oh God! Someone else played Cryptic Command. Oh God! It took us about ten minutes to resolve the stack. 
<laughs> we needed dice to show what was targeted for, uh, because I think it was counter and bounce. Right. And we had to target what spells were being countered, what spells were being bounced, and what, and the order of the stack was going to resolve so we could take the, take the dice off. It was a, it was like 10, 15 minutes to resolve this, that stack. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I feel like the person who was sitting furthest away from the person who cast the cryptic command was the one who was in the best shape. Who was the person who owned the hive mind? Because they got to put it onto the stack last. Because they, yeah. And they counter, they try to counter anybody who targeted Hive Mind with the bounce. Of course. Of course. I feel like you have to all agree to counter, to, to target the Hive Mind. But Hive Mind wasn't the worst thing on the battlefield. It oh, just wasn't yeah. the worst. But it was like, it was like almost just hysterical how painful it took us to, how painfully long it took us to get that done. Any story that includes the phrase, the Hive Mind wasn't the worst thing on the battlefield sounds miserable. It was actually a fun game, but it was like, seriously, 15, I've never spent 15 minutes to resolve one stack before that. All right, so that's Cryptic Command shenanigans. Let's look at some of these other commands, the ones that you never hear of that don't get played. I'll take the bullets, and and I'm going to hit the green one, because I know Rich doesn't want to read it. Uh, And that is Primal Command, three green green, so so five mana, sorcery speed. So that's right, Cryptic was instant. I think oh, all the rest are sorcery. That is true. I, for, I forgot about that. And Cryptic was was the cheapest. Well, maybe the cheapest. We'll get to Profane Command. But Primal Command, five mana for a sorcery. Choose two. Target player gains seven life. Put target non-creature permanent on top of its owner's library. Which is odd for a green ability. Target player shuffles his or her graveyard into his or her library. Search your library for a creature card. Reveal it. Put it into your hand. Then shuffle your library. So, you know, this is not a great card, but, but, you could use modes two and three together to shuffle away a creature, but you also shuffle their graveyard back to their library. permanent. Oh, it's non-creature. Oh, that sucks. Maybe you can get rid of a planeswalker or an annoying enchantment or something, but yeah. Yeah, but they also get their graveyard back into their library, and that's probably not good for you. No, normally it's not. Yeah, I, I I just don't think this is a very good card. It's not close. It's really bad. Okay. In what my opinion is the second best command, not even close to the first, but the second would be austere command. Okay. And that's four white white at sorcery speed, and all of the text start like start with destroy all. Nice. So it's destroy all artifacts, destroy all enchantments, destroy all creatures with converted mana cost three or less. Destroy cre- all creatures with converted mana costs four or greater. So it's so, like a really expensive Day of Judgment or Wrath of God if you choose yeah, class two. It is, but it's also like mo- like you can protect your big stuff and get rid of small stuff. Right. You can get rid of enchantments. You can get rid of artifacts. It's it's very modal. Um, Akroma's Wrath. Mm-hmm. So it's to me, in my opinion, it's the second best by far, but it's still not close to cryptic. Yeah, I think I could get behind that. Uh, okay, so I'll take the red one. I'll leave the black one for you. Uh, incendiary command. Three red red, so five for a sorcery. Choose two. Incendiary command deals four damage to target player. Incendiary command deals two damage to each creature. Destroy target non-basic land. Each player discards all the cards in his or her hand, then draws that many cards. Very, it's very red, but it's, it's poop. <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you really feel, Rich? I think that was. Oh, it's if the dealing damage to creatures wasn't if it was one sided. Yeah, if it was theirs, that'd be awesome. If it was opponent's control, if it was something that it wasn't yours, it would be moderately better. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. I, I don't it's, think I've ever seen this card played on purpose. It's definitely not worth five mana at sorcery speed. Now, I'm sure someone out there absolutely loves this card, and that's fine. I'm just saying I haven't seen it played, so. And, I mean, I guess if you really have a non-basic that you need to get rid of, I mean, there are those lands that really need to go. Yeah. So, but still, not worth five. Yeah. Um, then there's Profane Command, and this one is X, blue, black, black. So this one's got an X cost, and it's choose to sorcery speed. Target player loses X life. Seems good. Return target creature card with converted mana cost X or less from the gra- graveyard to the battlefield. Target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn. Up to X creatures gain fear until end of turn. This, you know, this, this, this actually, actually seems close. pretty good. This actually might be closer to second than I thought. Yeah. Because when in doubt, you can just make your opponent lose X life. Yeah, I was going to say, it's basically do something that you wanted to do with X. Oh, and your opponent loses this life. This is, All right, this is actually better than I thought. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to slot this into number two for me. I, I think I am too. So to me, it's cryptic, really high. Yeah. Profane, austere, and then incendiary primal, like the core drop bottom rock. <laughs> it's a, like, it's... like rock, ground, bedrock, lava, incendiary <laughs> command, primal <laughs> Yeah, I feel like primal command and incendiary command, they're kind of near one another. Profane yeah. command and austere command, they're kind of near one another. And then, then there's cryptic. Which is just by far better than both. Yeah. Uh, okay, so those are the old commands. Now, my question for you, good sir. How do the new commands stack up to the old commands? Um, they're, they seem more clo- on par with each other. Yeah, they are certainly more balanced relative to each other. Like, it's not obvious which one's the best. Yes. I could actually see playing any one of the five new ones. They all fit into more niche, which I think the original commands were, were supposed to be less niche. Mm-hmm. But these ones are a little bit more niche, which fit because make them more playable. I think they try to cover so many bases and stick to their their solid color pie so hard that they just failed. Not that they failed sticking to the right color pie, but they failed in making a good card because they, they try to make it super green or super white, mm-hmm. and they just just didn't go well. But and then again, these were made back in Lorwyn was their original, so the color pie wasn't it was the same, but it wasn't as they weren't able taking as many risks with certain things. Yeah, the color pie has evolved, and their comfort level with doing things has evolved. Yes. Uh, the the other nice thing I think is since the new commands are all multicolored, we have a lot more color area to choose from when choosing four balanced effects, right? Yes. So I think that's that's a nice side effect of what they've done here. I do recall that when Ojutai's command was revealed, everyone compared it to Cryptic, and it's not cryptic right it's not even close to cryptic because you're still there yeah i'm still here i'm just yeah, very quiet no i just had this weird like noise hmm. but the one thing with cryptic is it counters everything ojutai yeah. counters creatures only yes you still have the draw card effect but you don't have the same tap all creatures um bounce this thing 
yeah. sort of have the same cover all bases. So this is the only card you need. Right. And that's what Cryptic is. Cryptic is every mode that a control deck wants on one card. Yeah, it pretty much is. It's, it is the control deck toolbox written out. Yeah. In one list, put on one card with one converted mana cost. Yeah, actually, you know, you would not be hard... So let's... You could do much worse when trying to teach someone how to play a control deck than sitting down with a cryptic command and going, you're a control deck, these are the things you want to do. Yeah, essentially, yeah. The only thing it doesn't say is Jace the Mind Sculptor on it. That's true. It's like the the one thing it's missing. I was going to say, I suppose you sit down with those two cards and you go, okay... With these two cards, you win the game. Which, yeah, these two cards and four mana, you win the game. I, th- I think that actually may be true. Unless you're playing the, those four, car- those two cards with four mana. Right. Then it's who hates themselves less. Okay, so we have now seen the monocolored commands, and we've now seen the allied color commands. So what we're missing is enemy colored commands, right? And try colored. Yeah. Where the wedges and the shards. But I, I think we'll get some enemy colored ones. You know, dual, dual colored. Yeah, that, that was going to be my, my next statement is when? When do we have these? Because, I mean, like these fit with the dragons. The dragons are multicolored. Yes. Like once we go to Zendikar, they don't fit. Uh, well, we don't know what's happened on Zendikar since we True, left. but Zendikar had very little multicolor. This is true. Um, I'm trying to think of how many multicolored cards they had that set. I can think of Sarkin the Mad. Yes. I think they very purposefully limited the number of multicolored cards, because we just come off of uh, Alara Block, which yeah. was, you know, as many multicolored... Can we make more multicolored cards? Let's well, make they, them more. I've noticed that they've made more multi. They've been more free with multicolor lately. Yeah. Like... We went to Innistrad, which had very few multicolored, like five in the whole block. Was it that few? We had Geist, Olivia, Huntmaster. There's more than five because they had a few one-off creatures, but under ten. I want to say it's definitely under ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, under probably under ten uh, multicolored creatures, and probably even less so in Scars, because I think there's Jorkadine, there was Glissa, Venzer. Honestly, I think that might be it. Because the right that was an artifact themed de- you know, pack. But then we get to Ravnica, which is a multicolored set, clearly. Mm-hmm. But then we go after Ravnica, where do we go? Theros? Yeah, Theros. Theros was not a multicolored set, but it has a decent number of multicolored things in it. And then we get to Constantark here, which, you know, it's the first set is Wedges. So it's fairly multicolored. Uh, Innistrad block had 16 multicolored cards. 16? In the whole block, though. Like all the sets. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's very, that's a small number in, the, in all three blocks. Yeah. Oh, I missed the angels. I gotta well. say, you left out, you left out the angels, uh, Immerwolf, don't forget about Immerwolf. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so. yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Okay, sorry, I, I just had to go do the gatherer search, because I know someone somewhere listening to the show is thinking, oh, why don't they just look that up, and they were going to look it up and email us, but I've I've headed them off. <laughs> Huzzah. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know, they've been more willing to, that's why I want to see them kind of go into a uh, not-so-multicolored in the future. 
kind right. of wean us, wean us back off. Yeah, we need the pendulum to swing a little bit back the other way before we uh, we move on. So, so yeah, so I, I don't think we'll see the I don't think we'll see commands again for a while. Yeah, you may be right. I mean, it's been last time we saw commands was Lorwyn. Mm-hmm. So, I which mean, that, that's been a while. At least those commands are reusable. Like these ones, not reusable. Mm, yeah, no, they're not. That That is one kind of flaw. I mean, although they are well tied to the flavor of this block, uh, I will I will use as Exhibit A our good friend Lanawar Elf, who we don't see anymore because now we have Elvish Mystic. Because Elvish Mystic is generic and we can put him wherever we want, Lanawar Elf actually kind of doesn't make sense outside of Dominaria. And especially with leaving... The, you know, no longer having corsets. Yeah. Like, you could see these maybe be reprinted in a corset because they impact everywhere. Right. We're not doing corsets anymore. Nope. So until we go back to Tarkir, these commands don't make a lot of sense. No, they don't. And that is, that's actually something I hadn't really thought about, but that is very sad. Once they rotate, and you know, we're headed towards the new rotation schedule. Uh, once they rotate, it's probably won't see them again. Yeah. You know, know who else was completely missing from um, the top eight? Hmm. Narset. Uh, yes, this is true. Narset has not made as huge of a splash as I expected her to. Still a very good card. I just don't think they've found the deck for it yet. Maybe that could be. I mean, it's a new, it's, you know, the Pro Tour is very new still. You know, the set's new and nothing's set up, but yeah, we didn't see any. Any of any of her, I was a little interested in that, given how popular she was and mm-hmm. all that stuff. All right, so uh, hey, do do we have time for an email? Yeah. Okay, so I I do have one email uh, that I'd like to mention. It. I meant no clues, no. It uh, came to us just this week, and it was sent not just to us. It was sent to a couple of other podcasts as well. So I don't know if they've answered it or how they're going to answer it. Uh, but the person sending the email wanted to cast his net wide to see what people thought of this. Uh, so this is an email from a listener named Frank. And Frank says, uh, listening to the deck lists from the latest Pro Tour being read out loud, it occurred to me that since M15, there have been a lot of cards with really awkward verbs as their names. Become immense, bathe in dragon fire, coat with venom, stoke the flames, to name a few. Rather than the adjectives or nouns you might expect, uh, for example, immensity, uh, dragon fire bath, venomous coat, flame stoke, etc., I've only been playing for a few years, so I don't have the experience to tell whether this is a new phenomenon or if it's part of a larger trend. Do do you find that newer magic card names are moving towards odd phrases or awkward descriptions than in years past? If so, do you think it's an attempt to move away from the more flavorful but less descriptive names that might intimidate or confuse newer players? For instance, Chandra's Fury versus Chandra's Outrage. Is it an attempt at recycling words they've already used? Uh, I understand it's difficult to come up with so many distinct card names every year and making it obvious what card, what a card does in its name is important. Do you prefer the longer, more descriptive, but awkward and tongue twistery names in case an ice break through the line? Or would you rather have, and have to read out loud, card names that add flavor to more common phrases, Jace's Ingenuity, Atarka's Command, etc., that sound better, but not, might not reflect what the cards actually do. So, it's kind of a juicy topic here, Frank. Uh, my initial gut reaction is, I prefer 
the more flavorful names, even if they're less descriptive, because they are, number one, easier to say, and number two, we kind of like flavor on this show. Uh, but, like we just said, and it's what led me to bring up this email, by using some of the more flavorful names, like Atarka's Command, we've tied what that card does to this plane. And so, that is tricky. Uh, I, I think probably the thing you're running into right now is, uh, there are certain, you know, there are certain words that would make really good card names, right? Like lightning bolt. Okay. It was so iconic. They used it right away. Uh, you know, and those kind of iconic, you can immediately grasp what they do. Those sorts of cards are few and far between for card names. And as time goes on, I think that they are less and less likely to use iconic names unless they know that that card is going to nail that. Right. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I th- a lot of it is trying not to use the same names over again. I mean, because I mean, there's the English language or whatever language they're making card names for. There's finite number of words. Right. And we're dealing with magic. Like you're, we're slinging spells. Let's be real on this. And there's only so many words for a fireball. Right. Or burning something. There's only so many words you have. I mean, like they have one that's called simply roast. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a good example of, although that is an old card that got reprinted, right? I honestly don't know. I believe it is. But I mean, like, there's that we have that card. We have roast. And then you what? We have stoke the flames. Um, I think stoke the flames is part of that reason it has its name that way. Is is it stoke the flames? Is that right? Am I right in that name? Stoke the flames. Yeah, stoke the flames. It's probably because it's got um, convoke. Mm-hmm. That's honestly why I think it's called Stoke the Flames, because you can tap people to make it cheaper, so they're helping you create a bigger fire. Yep. Like, I honestly think that's why it's called Stoke the Flames. I think they do have some reasons behind it. Um, I don't really honestly have a preference in how they name things in the future. As long as they give us something that we can pronounce properly, that it's not, no, it's not Silumgar, it's Silumgar. Hey, I'm totally I, wrong, by the way. Roast is not a reprint. I thought it was. No, it roast sounds like is, it sounds like something they would have used for Alpha, right? Yeah, yeah, but no, roast is apparently brand new for Dragons of Tarkir, so uh, it's not that they don't do it, but they did get overly descriptive with some. You know, become immense is one that I'm not a fan of. Uh, become immense. It should have been. Ju- they should have just called it Imbigan and been done with it because that's a better name. It's just, I want things to be able to pronounce. I don't want things, I don't have to argue how it's pronounced. I don't want to hear how it's pronounced improperly. Honestly, I think they need to put out a dang lexicon half the time. They do. You know, if, if every time. They put out a fact that covers almost every card. What's wrong with just adding a damn lexicon? Yeah, we should have a pronunciation guide. And what they ought to do is on the, uh, you know, the card image gallery. There should be, you know, like a little link that is pronunciation guide. When it, whenever a card is added to the, the the card image gallery, if it's a word that no one knows how to pronounce, let's just put it in there. Why just start, do it for every one of them, like the dictionary, and have it right next. It's name right there in the gatherer. Pronunciation. Ooh, yeah, put it in the gatherer. Like a diction. That's already like Magic's dictionary. Although, since I suspect that Gatherer is actually a database, I can imagine that someone somewhere is twitching right now because they know that someone suggested they add an entirely new field to uh, to Gatherer. And but it doesn't have to be an interactive field. It doesn't have to one they search by. Yeah. 
I mean, I understand it's another field for the database, but it's not something that they have to really interact with that much. Right. And uh, again, I just, I don't know, there's so many games and so many things that, like, when you have all this stuff, like, seriously, we need a lexicon. We need something to know how to pronounce this crap. Yeah, we kind of do. But, I mean, I dig- I'll digress on that. But I do say, I just want something I can say. I don't want it to be too wordy. I don't care if it describes what it does. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ojutai's command doesn't mean anything. Nope. It's nothing to do with what it does. Lightning bolt, yeah. It's a lightning bolt that's going to do damage. Right. Lightning, that's what lightning bolts do in magic. When you cast this, if I cast this lightning bolt from my hands and aim it at someone, it's, it should hurt them. I mean, that's, that, that's the point of lightning bolt, right? Where sh- the red mage is shooting it from their hand, mm-hmm. or calling it from the sky, however they want to do it, but, you know, I mean, you get what I'm coming from, right? Oh yeah, totally. So that's, that's, that's what I want. I mean, I don't, I don't need them to do anything in a specific way. I just want, I just know there's a finite number of words to describe magic spells. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want them to get so generic that every set I see a roast that does the same thing every set, cause then you just lose creativity. Yeah. So. Alright, so, there you go. Um Thank you very much, Frank. Interesting question. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll probably talk more about card names in the not too distant future. This this seems like an area ripe for discussion. Uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll try and bring on someone who actually names cards. Wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah, I like the sound of that. We'll look into that. Well, I think that's all we have for you this week. Have you got anything else you want to add on here at the end, Rich? No. All right. Well, I believe that is all we have for you here on episode number 86, if I remember from the beginning of the show. I thought you said 89 in the beginning for some reason. Did I say 89? I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 86. If I said 89 at the beginning, that's a lie. It's it's only 86. Only, only 86. Good God, we're closing in on 100 fast. Look at that. Four the years over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you all very much for listening. If you want to contact us, there are a variety of ways you can do that. You can, of course, find us on the Twitters. We are at Card Advantage on Twitter. You can email us, just like Frank did. We are mtgcardadvantage at gmail.com. You can find our stuff on our website, which is cardadvantagecast.com, as well as on the MTG Cast Network. So hopefully you have subscribed to one of the feeds. Uh, if you subscribe to the feed on our own site, which you'll you'll know it, it's in the show notes. It's always in the show notes. Uh, you'll definitely get shows faster, because I totally control when that posts. So there you go. We're trying... Note I said trying to move to a regular schedule where we always post on Fridays. So with luck, this will be up on Friday, the 17th of April. Uh, so if it's not up on Friday, uh, tweet at Card Advantage to pester me. That, that would get people to tweet at us, I guess. If you want to tweet at me directly, that's your best way to get a hold of me. And I am at Lockluze, spelled just like it is in the show notes. I am at MindMage. mage is a four. Or Soren Fanboy Winky Face. I have not changed it to Soren Fanboy Winky Face yet. Okay, that's fair. When you do, we'll let you all know. Uh, so that's all we have for you this week. Thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you all next time. <laughs>